Thanks for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right, let me get focused. We were talking about forgiveness last week. Today we're going to talk about this second uh, phrase or word that Luke, <clears throat> Gospel according to Luke, he lifted up in that same 23rd passage. Uh, he began to utter the words, truly, today you will be with me in paradise. I want to talk from the subject, a tale of three crosses. A tale of three crosses. Just like I did last week, I'm going to try to get my flow on. Can I get my flow on? Can I, can I, can I, can I, can I, hey, last time we crossed, last time we crossed, you thought I was left hanging, but I was left because you wasn't right and made it right like you lane changing. It's game changing, die to live, give to get, tear down to build, hung with thieves and now hanging with thieves. Whatever, wherever, whoever, I'm right in between, follow me. So let the word merge and shift paradigms. It's what you're looking for like a pair of eyes. I rolled the stone away like a pair of dice, not to carry chips, but to carry life. I carry lies and carried strife, carried it all the way so you can carry minds. The yoke is easy and the burden is light. Drew lines and sand, carry on, the price is right. Look, call it what you will, I call it life. I'll never call off. My job is to get you to paradise. Bars. Uh, like I said, that may or may not have been written by a ghostwriter. But we're going to march on in the name of the Lord. Let's, let's look at scripture, Luke 23, Luke 23, Luke 23. And we're going to start kind of back in where we were last week and then go a little bit further. Is that all right? We're going to go a little bit further. Luke 23, we're going to start at 32. We're going to do 32, 33, and then we're going to skip over to 39 and then go in, go through 43. Amen. Two others also, Luke 23 and 32, two others also who were criminals were being led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right and the other, somebody say the other, on the left. Skipping down to verse 39, one of the criminals who were hanged there was hurling abuse at him, saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other answered and rebuking him said, Do you not even fear God since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed are suffering justly for we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this man, somebody say this man 
has done nothing wrong. And he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come into in your kingdom. Verse 33, this is when Jesus finally responds. And he said to him, truly I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. The tale of three crosses. If I could subtitle this, I would call it <clears throat> the man in the middle. The man in the middle. <clears throat> promise I won't be long today. Y'all pray for my entire household. Everybody's, and I'm dodging it, but everybody's like, everybody's sick. Everybody's, Kaylin was started off and then Reagan caught something, then Mama caught something, then Courtney, that's why she's not here today. Um, but the devil is a lie. I'm not going down with the ship. <clears throat> I'm, I'm not, it's not going to happen. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Drinking lots of vitamin C. All right. You know, I think, I think that we can all relate to this man, uh, the thief, um, because we too, listen to me, are all sinners in need of Jesus' grace to save us from ourselves. Anybody in here can agree with me on that? <clears throat> Amen. We all need his grace to save us and deliver us from our sins. I was remiss, but I'm so happy to see two people. Sister Jonathan, so good to see you here in the service today. But I'm also thankful to see Sister Augusta Duncan back with us. She did a 10-day trip to uh, Liberia, Africa. And as you all saw in the uh, slides on the five, as well as in the trailer, uh, we will be on the fifth Sunday, will be World, World Missions Day here at Revival. And we're going to be sowing into the work that her and her husband and entire family is doing there in Liberia, Africa. So... <clears throat> Just know there will be some things that will be going on, and we'll talk about that later. But just so good to see her back with us as she did a 10-day missions trip over there. And uh, just so excited to hear about what all the Lord is doing and more to come on that. But we all are in need of God's grace from ourselves, saving from ourselves. Um, you got to keep this in mind. And, and, and really, I want to just kind of unpack or kind of just give the synopsis, and then we're going to go back and just unpack a couple things. Uh, although Jesus had done nothing wrong, he was crucified as a criminal among other criminals. You got to really see this for what's really happening. I mean, he's there and he's being crucified. He did absolutely nothing wrong. He's being crucified in the midst of other criminals. And the scriptures tell us one on the right and the other on his left. This is why Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, he made him who knew no sin be sin on our behalf. Some of, somebody ought to be thankful that, that a debt was paid on your behalf. It was your debt, but somebody else paid it. Has anybody in here ever had somebody else pay your debt? I mean, you racked up the debt. You bought the furniture on credit. You did all this, but somebody else came along and took care of your debt for you. 
This is what happens. It says, so that we might become the righteousness of God. Watch this. In him. In other words, here we are. There God is. And there's the man in the middle. And if we don't get in the man in the middle, we don't make it to God. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. And so in order for us to get to where God is, which was the entire purpose and reason, we have to embrace the man in the middle. Let me just remind you, saints, that the whole reason he died or the whole reason he did all this was because of you. The whole reason he was ridiculed was because of me. The whole reason he was beaten was because of us. It was all because of us that he went through what he did because he loved us just that much. For the Bible says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, look at somebody and say, I'm a whosoever, I'm a whosoever. Whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Let me calm down. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. But I'm going to just tell you this right now, all because of Jesus <laughs> that we're here today. But it was all because of us that put him on that cross. It was all because of sin in this world, sin of mankind, but not just sin of the past, but the sins that was to come in the future. Can I just tell you something? There is nothing you've done, nothing you're doing, and nothing that you will do that will separate you from the love of Jesus Christ, which is also in him. And then when you get down to verse 39, you see this. You see that one of the men mocked Jesus. Watch this, along with the crowd. If you go back into last week's message or in last week's verses, you will remember that it was the crowd that was spewing all type of insults against Jesus. The crowd was saying, if you're the son of God, why don't you save yourself? Now hear this man I'm going to call him the man on the right. Well, Pastor, how you know he's on the right? Well, listen, he on the right of somebody. He's either on the right of Jesus or when he's looking at him, he's going to be on your, you know, so whatever one works, you know, just, just follow me. He's there hanging on the cross. He is there being crucified. And he listens to the people. And he joins in with what the people are saying. Let me tell you something. You, you've got to be careful that you don't allow the crowd to determine your behavior. My, my daddy used to tell me, if you see a crowd over there doing something wrong, you go the other way. You, you go the other way. The other way. You got to be careful that you don't allow the crowd to determine your behavior. But then when you go down and you look at verses 41 and I mean 40 and 41, there was the other man. <laughs> but the other crook spoke up and rebuked the other crook. Now, this is some stuff going on. Like this. This, this is really interesting. You got three crosses up on a hill far away. 
old rugged cross, three of them. Jesus is right there in the middle. He didn't, did not do anything wrong, but he had two people on each side of him that did do something wrong. They were bona fide criminals. He was being punished unjustly. He was, he was dying in injustice. He was, he, 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 he was convicted in an injustice type of manner. And there he was in the, on the cross in the middle, hanging for the sins of the world. You have one person who begins to say, hey, man, listen, yeah, they right. If you're the son of God, why don't you save yourself? And then he throws in himself, and us too. And the man on the left, he says, you know what, you got some nerve. And he begins to rebuke him. He, he begins to rebuke the mocking criminal, telling him that he ought to fear God. It's something when, uh, you know, God will never be left without a witness. He will never be left without a witness. Uh, I remember... Uh, I told y'all about that party that I went to. It was the only party I'd ever went to in my life. And I didn't want to go, but I was peer pressured. And, uh, my, and I went. And then they started shooting. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't want to go in the first place. But what happened was, I remember, since I was there at the party, this is the part I didn't tell y'all, I was out there dancing. And I ain't never danced in my life, Deacon Ronald. I, I never, I, I was not a dancer, you know. And so, and so, and so, one of the uh, people that was there that we, we was, you know, kind of dance, and, and, and she said to me, you don't even belong here. Yeah. Uh -huh. can, can, can I tell you something? Listen at me. You trying to do wrong to fit in, but they already know that you don't belong with where you're trying to be. And it's something that when people who are doing wrong can look at you and tell you, you shouldn't be doing this. And this is kind of what was happening. This man was also in the wrong, but he looks over at the, at the other criminal and says, hey man, you shouldn't be doing that. You need to fear God. And, and he was recognizing that they deserve the punishment while Jesus was innocent and he did not deserve the punishment. See, this is what continuing in the word of God will do for you. Yeah. See, it will cause you to see yourself and the error of your ways when you consider the perfect way of God. See, this is the reason why we have to get this word in our heart so that we can correct the error of our ways. When we look at the perfect way of God and say, you know what, I'm a little off or I'm a lot off and I need to align myself with his word. I need to align myself with his word. And then when you get down to verse 42, this is what happens. He says, while he hung on his own cross of just punishment. Watch this, the second criminal asks Jesus, to remember him when he came into his kingdom. This was an admission, watch this, of faith. It was an admission of who Jesus was and the confession 
of his need for God's mercy. Let me see if I can make this plain. He said, I hear what they are saying about you. But I also see the situation that I'm in. See if I can say it this way. He made up in his mind, you know what, I'm going to shoot my shot. <laughs> because when I think about it, I'm going to die anyway. <laughs> I'm going to die anyway. So, And since I'm going to die, I might as well die believing and trusting in the one who is able to give me eternal life even after this life is over. Can I just tell you something? We all going to die anyway. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. I said we all going to die anyway. And so we might as well die trusting in the one that's able to give you life in the life hereafter. Who's able to give you eternal life and life forevermore. Jesus said, I come that you might have life and life more abundantly. And I believe we can have abundant life on this earth, but I also believe that abundant life even happens even after we're done here on this earth. Because when I see Jesus, <laughs> and when you get down to verse 43, this is where you hear Jesus respond. And he says, truly, I tell you, Today, you will be with me in paradise. Now this, is, now, this is interesting. Because the normal process of crucifixion was that their bodies would be abandoned out there on the cross for at least a few days. Y'all missed it over there. Let me see, and see if they can get over here. The normal process for crucifixion is that their bodies would be out there abandoned on the cross for at least a few days. <clears throat> but Jesus said, today, Lord, help me in this place. He said, truly, I'm going to tell you something. Today, you're going to be with me in paradise. See, the reason why they would do that is that they, would, is that they wanted, in the process of, of, of crucifixion, they wanted to make sure that everybody in the town could see the men that did wrong. And then they would be embarrassed, even though they were dead, that they would be embarrassed and put to shame for everybody in the town to see. But Jesus told him, today, you're going to be with me in paradise. This is, this is so good. Uh, because you got to understand this is that, is, is, is this, uh, salvation it's instantaneous. The moment you receive Christ into your heart, he removes all the guilt and shame. 
And he tells you that, listen, though men may try to look at you and may try to bring up your past against you, he lets you know that this day, instantaneously, you're going to be with me in paradise. And so you have nothing to be ashamed about anymore, nothing to feel guilty about anymore, because Jesus has wiped all the guilt and the shame away. Then you can say like the old saints say, life now is sweet. And my joy is complete. Why? Because I'm, do I have any saved people in the house today? Come on, come on. I'm saved. I'm. The other interesting thing about what he said was, he said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. Paradise, in its original form, is also known, watch this, as the king's garden. The king's garden, also known as the garden, watch this, don't miss this, y'all. Oh, this is so good. The garden of pleasure. Paradise was also known as the king's garden and also the garden of pleasure. What's so interesting about this is, is that when you go back and you read some of the other accounts, matter of fact, I even talked about this last year, when you read some of the other accounts, it says that, that the tomb where Jesus was buried or the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. <laughs> In other words, Calvary, Golgotha, the place of the skull, watch this, some theologians believe that that was the place where they would literally, after a person has died, they would take their skull and leave it there in the place or, or in that environment so that it would be known as the place of the skull so that when others were crucified, when they would look down, they would say, this, the same thing that happened to them is what's happening to me. This is what crucifixion was about. This is what uh, uh, Calvary was about. They, they looked down and they would see skulls everywhere around and they, would, and they would know that what happened to them is what's happening to me right now. And they called that a garden. But Jesus said, this day, you're going to be with me in paradise. This day you're going to be with me in the king's garden. This day you're going to be with me in the garden of pleasure. The Bible says in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy and at his right hand are pleasures evermore. Today you're going to be with me in paradise. Today you're going to be with me in a place where you will have nothing but pleasure. Though you may be experiencing pain right now, you may be experiencing anxiety right now, you may be experiencing depression right now, but Jesus said that I come that you may have life and life more abundantly and I come to give you joy. I come to make sure that you have pleasure forevermore. This day, this day, somebody say this day. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You can have it today. You don't have to wait till next week. You can have it right now. You don't have to wait until Easter Sunday, resurrection time period. You can have it today. Somebody say this day. This day. 
this day. You can have it right now. Right now. Healing is yours right now. Deliverance is yours right now. Salvation is yours right now. Whatever it is you need, you can have it right now. Because salvation is in an instant. My God today, my God today, look at your neighbor and say, you can have it in an instant. You can have it right now. You can have it right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. Come on, you got to believe it in faith and claim it by faith and say, you can have it right now. I feel like preaching this morning. But let's deal with these crosses because that's the whole story, Sister Johnson. That's the whole story. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's the whole the whole synopsis of the entire story. But, but we got these three crosses. Make, let me make my first point. The cross on the right has a man who will die in his sins. It, it has a man who's going to die in his sins. Understand me good here. See, this man questioned the identity and authority of Jesus. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Did y'all read what the Bible said? It, it, it says in verse 39, he says, one of the criminals, talking about him, who were hung there was hurling abuse at him. Watch what he says, y'all. He says, are you not the Christ? Questioning his identity. And then he says, if you be the Christ, save yourself and us. And he questioned his authority. If you're the Christ, aren't you the Christ? If you are, save yourself and us. It's interesting to note, Jesus never responded to him. See, you got to know when you are so secure in your identity in Christ that some things ain't even worth responding to. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me in this place. Some things ain't even worth your time of responding. Something not even worth your energy even exerting, trying to bring up a thought into your mind that's going to later come out of your mouth because that's going to make you tired. It ain't even worth even responding to. It will make you tired. So you got the cross on the right has a man who's going to die in his sins. Watch this. But the cross on the left has a man who's, who will die delivered from his sins. He's going to die delivered from his sin. He, and here is the secret. Watch this. He acknowledged the justice of his own punishment. He came to a point where he recognized that what I've done is wrong. Y'all tripping? Let me see if I can work with y'all over here. Sometimes you got to get to a point where you admit you're wrong. And you acknowledge what it is that you are in right now. And it was all because of what you brought upon yourself. 
See, everything ain't the devil. Lord, help me in this place. Everything, see, stop, stop, stop giving him that much credit because he ain't that sweet. Let me just tell you something. Everything is not the devil. Sometimes it's your own decisions that has gotten you to the place where you are. And you got to take ownership. Somebody say ownership. You got to take ownership. You got to take ownership and say, you know what? This is my fault. And he recognized, he acknowledged that what he was dealing with was just. The punishment that he was enduring was appropriately allocated to him. But he didn't stop there. He also acknowledged Jesus as the Messiah. Lord, I feel your help in this place today. See, it's one thing to recognize, man, I'm in some mess, and I know it's my fault. But it's a whole other thing to recognize that though it may be my fault, I know, I, I know that there's a Savior who's able to deliver me from my mess. And even though it's my fault, he's, he's going to look beyond my faults and see my need. Is there anybody in this place? You know you got yourself into some stuff, but you thanks be unto God that he was able to get you out of whatever it is that you were in. So you got the cross on the right, got a man who's going to die in his sin. Cross on the left, you got a man who's going to die delivered from his sin. But let's deal with the cross in the middle. Ah, the cross in the middle. The cross in the middle has a man who would die for our sin. The one person is going to die in his sin. The other person is going to die delivered from his sin. But Jesus is dying for all sin. Hey, God, I thank you in this place. Listen to me good. Jesus, he had nothing to prove. He had nothing to say. And he had nothing but grace. When dealing with the man on his right, he had nothing to prove to him. Hey, if you be the son of God, I'm with them. If, if you're the Messiah, then save yourself and us. He had nothing to prove, and he had nothing to say. So we need to learn how to take our cues and our example from Jesus. Then when people are questioning, why are you going to church again? I mean, you, your situation ain't got no better. I mean, you, you still dealing with the same stuff you're dealing with now. Sometimes you got to just be like Jesus. and I ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> And I ain't got nothing to prove. Can I tell you a secret? Uh, the reason why you don't respond, come here, is because dead people don't react.
Come on, come on, come on, come on. If you died to yourself, if you are now dead in Christ, into this world and alive in Christ, no matter what this world may try to do to you, dead people don't react. They can say what they want. It ain't going to bother me. Do what you will. I'm, I'm still focused. My face is like a flint. I keep my eyes focused on Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of my face. So right now, while I'm in the midst of what I'm going through, I'm going to just look to Jesus. Because you don't have nothing to prove. And you have nothing to say. Some of us need to learn, watch this, to study, to be quiet. And let me tell you something. You got to study that. Because keeping your mouth shut is not something that comes natural. Oh, this is the reason why the scriptures tell us, say what you will or may about me, but this is what I believe. This is, I believe this is, why, this is why the scripture tells us this. It says that we ought to offer in him the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips. Why is it a sacrifice? Because God knows that we can say whatever we want to say. But for us to lay down our will to speak whatever's on our mind and to say whatever he says, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be on my mouth. My soul shall make a boast in this world. No, 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 no. In the Lord. The humble are going to hear about it and they're going to be glad. Oh, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let's exalt his name together. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I heard the Lord. I, I sought the Lord and he heard my cry and he delivered me from all of my, all of my, uh, uh, troubles. you got to learn how to be quiet. you got to learn how to, how to just hold your peace and let the Lord fight your battle. He had nothing to say. Nothing to prove. But he had nothing but grace. Somebody say grace. Grace is what it is that is the element mixed with faith that brings about salvation. Look at what the scriptures tell us. Romans, this isn't on there, but, 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 I, but I feel led to go here. Romans 11 and 6. Go there real quickly. I'm almost done. Go there real quickly. 11 and 6 of, of the book of Romans. Romans 11 and 6. Let's look at what it says here. It says, but if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Watch this. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. Let's read that again. But if it is by grace, what is he talking about? He's talking about the gift of salvation. If it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. See, when you consider the thief on the left who recognized Jesus as God's son, watch this. 
He didn't have an opportunity to do anything except believe. He didn't have the opportunity to do anything else but believe. See, we've got to stop making the road to Jesus, the road to the place of salvation, overly complicated than what it really needs to be. Um, Jesus said, this day, you're going to be with me in paradise. <laughs> he didn't have a time to get baptized. I, I, I just got to give you what the Bible gave. He, 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 didn't have a t he didn't have a chance to take communion. He didn't have a chance to, to, to tithe. Uh-oh. I'm not saying that, that, that those things are not needed because we know that they're necessary. But what I'm saying is that's not a prerequisite for someone receiving Christ into their heart and giving, and giving their heart to Jesus and being born again. That's what I'm saying. He didn't have a chance to share uh, the gospel with anybody. He didn't have a chance to perform any other religious acts to prove that he was uh, a believer in Jesus or to prove his faith in Jesus. All he did was believe. Are y'all hearing me today? See, why am I so passionate about this is because I know what the Lord told me and he told me that we're going to see a thousand people get saved by the end of 2020 and we started this last year and, and I think when we got to the end of 2018 we're somewhere around 260 or so and man I praise God for that but I know we got a long way to go and I want I need we need everybody to have a very, very, very clear understanding of how to, how to bring someone to the man in the middle. <laughs> Y'all have seen it. I've preached on it before. It's like we're on this cliff, man is, and God is on another cliff, but there is a gap in the middle. And the only way that that gap in the middle was going to be filled was through the death on the cross of his son Jesus. And so the arms of the cross actually create the bridge for, for us to get where we are to where he is. And you have to be fully convinced of the way to get people to God. And that only happens through belief, faith, and trust in Jesus. You got to understand this because truly believing something changes our behavior. The issue some people get confused about is which comes first. Is it works before salvation or is it salvation before works? 
let me just say this, good works follows as a result of true belief. I said good works follow as a result of true belief. Listen to this. This is one of my favorite authors. Max Licato says it like this. He says, mercy understood is holiness desired. Grace fosters an emergence of good. Or grace fosters an eagerness for good. Grace doesn't spawn a desire to sin. If one has truly embraced God's gift, he will not mock it. You got to sit there and ask yourself, have I really embraced the gift of salvation for my life? Because the scriptures tell us that for every time we sin, it is as though we crucify him afresh. One of my favorite pictures, I used to carry it around with me until I got rid of wallets, and I don't have wallets because it was causing me back pains. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> but it was a picture I, 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 I should have I grabbed it and, 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 and shown it, but maybe you all have seen it. It was a picture of a man holding a hammer in one hand and nails in the other with Jesus behind him uh, holding him up. And at the bottom, all it says is forgiven. And then on the back of the card, it begins to talk about that, that very scripture. And it begins to say how when we sin, it is as though we are crucifying him afresh. But, on the, but when you look at the front picture, the front of that car, you see that image, you can see that every time we sin, and this is like a modern-day man, but it was like it was every time he sinned, it, it's as though he's crucifying, putting Jesus back on the cross. But there's Jesus holding him up. Forgiven. <laughs> Forgiven. Forgiven. criminal who received Jesus' pardon and promise of paradise, he, that he deserved his punishment. He knew that he was a sinner, and that realization was the first part of our own salvation. We must realize that we deserve eternal separation from God because of our sin. And that God's grace is the only thing that can save us from the consequences that we deserve. I read this in a book earlier this week and it just messed me up. It says, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, that only happened once and he volunteered. Because when people try to justify, man, he's so good. Jesus said, there is nobody good but the Father. Not even one. Not even one. We all got our hidden hang-ups. But aren't you glad that he was hung up for your hang-ups? He hung, bled, and died. 
provide for everything that you may be facing right now. He's our God and he's your savior. He's the man in the middle. And he's always been there in the middle. Oh, come on. When you go to the book of John and, and John tells us that if he tells us that we can ask what we will and it shall be given to us. Man, that, 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 that sounds pretty amazing that we can ask what we will and it shall be given to us. But before you get to that point, there go that man in the middle. He says, you got to abide in me and let my word abide in you. Then you can ask what you will. Are y'all hearing me today? You want to live in that place of contentment, you know? And then you want to be able to say, I can do all things. I, I can do it all. Wait a minute. You're not just going to get to a place of all things without going through the man in the middle. Because your ability to do all things only happens through Christ who gives you strength. You may say, but I don't deserve it. I know. <laughs> I didn't earn this. Oh, we know. But it's all because of his grace. I read this years ago, and I'm done. And it was defining the difference between grace and mercy. It says that mercy is not giving us the punishment that we do deserve. But grace is giving us the reward that we don't deserve. We don't deserve what God has given us but his grace every head bowed every eye thanks for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle podcast wherever you may be listening from we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit.